Boss Uncaged is a weekly podcast that releases the origin stories of business owners and entrepreneurs as they become uncaged trailblazers. In each episode, our hosts, S.A. Grant and guests construct narrative accounts of their collective business journeys and growth strategies. Learn key success habits and how to stay motivated through failure, all while developing a boss uncaged mindset. Break out of your cage and welcome our host, S.A. Grant. Welcome, welcome back to Boss on Cage Podcast. Today, we have an interesting guest. Now, I'm going to deem him the storytelling boss. And once I give him the floor, he will be able to tell you why. So from the UK, without further ado, Dennis, man, the floor is yours. Hi, um, SA. Thanks so much for having me on your show and be able to have a conversation with you and speak to your audience. Really looking forward to it. Great, great. So, I mean, I, you know, I've deemed you the storytelling boss. You know, I looked, looked at your background, did some research, and it seemed like, like, like that's the key thing. I mean, you've been in films, you've been in video, but it seems like, like your core niche in today's world is storytelling. So let's dive into that a little bit. Like, what are you doing with storytelling? Um, yeah, well, um, I've kind of created a platform and a program for small businesses, coaches, um, course creators, and service providers, so they can actually use storytelling in their business to market and sell their products and services. Um, I kept seeing so many people talking about storytelling all the time, but they kept using Star Wars and not really giving people real practical ways that they can do it themselves. And that really got me thinking, well, it's no good talking about something if you don't give people the keys to unlock it so they can take advantage of it themselves. Nice, nice. Yeah, they're definitely interesting. So, like, let's talk about you a little bit. Like, if you could define yourself in three to five words, what would those three <laughs> to five words be? Oh, gosh. Um, I would say I um, inspire people. Mm-hmm. I empower people so they can do it themselves. Great, great. So that, that's that kind of, a few more, few more than three there. The last bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I think, I mean, with that, so would you, would you deem yourself more so as a coach or a consultant, or you're a hybrid of both? I would say I'm a hybrid. I'm a hybrid, definitely. You know, I, I, I've done both. Um, I'm very, I'm very good at enabling people. I think I'm, I'm good at teaching and training people. And my specific approach is realizing and guiding people so they realize that they actually can do it. And so it's, so I would say it's definitely a hybrid as well as going in and giving people advice. Uh, there's something about seeing the spark in people's eyes when they think, oh my God, I can do this myself. And that's what kind of excites me when people realize that, yeah, with the right guidance, you know, with the right support and training and also implementing that they can have a lot more power than they think they can in areas where they feel they don't have the strengths. Hmm, that's definitely interesting. So let's just walk down that road. Let's say I found you on the net and I'm like, okay, storytelling. I'm liking what he's saying. I'm a marketing guy. I have all these different facets, but I want to be able to tell a better story. I want to talk to my target audience directly. I want to deliver the message. Like what steps would we kind of go through to get me to that point? Uh, Well, there's not one step, but say if you found me, I mean, the first step is I've got a gift for your audience, um, which I can tell them more about at the end, is I'd say do the um, five-day Sell With Story mini course that I've created. That's standalone. That helps people get clear on their own story. But more importantly, um, telling the story in the way when they realize what they offer and why someone will want it from them. Then they can specify who their target audience is and see how they can 
talk about their products and services so they're interested. I think the key thing when I talk about storytelling and business storytelling is, is storytelling with a purpose. And that's stories that ultimately lead to a sale. So it's yeah. not telling any old story. It's that being very intentional around it, mm-hmm. yet at the same time, using it as a magnet. So you draw your ideal audience to you mm-hmm. and you draw them to you by them choosing to want to come close to you. So are you doing that uh, way of the method of if that's there's a problem, your story is defining how you can help them in the solution? Is that the way you're staging it? That's one. I, I think the other thing, a uh, misconception, is people talk about stories, mm-hmm. but they talk about story singular. There's multiple stories we tell. Each audience member or, or each customer or each potential client is on a different stage of their journey with you. So that means different kinds of stories. And so it's not just one story you tell. It should be something that's implemented in your business and used in all stages of your communication, whatever the medium. And I think that's the beauty of business storytelling. It doesn't matter what platform you're using, whether it's social, whether it's emails, whether you're doing videos or doing landing pages, you can infuse the art of storytelling, which is really grabbing people's attention on an emotional level so they are interested in what you're talking about and build that relationship. It's all about building relationships. Wow. It's definitely powerful and insightful as well. So going into stories, right? Let's talk about your story a little bit. I mean, were you always like a kid that was telling stories? Did you have like a group of friends and you would like tell these stories? Like how did you get into storytelling? That's a great question. Do you know what? I I would say that as a kid, I don't know if I was like that. I pro- probably was, probably wasn't. But it all started when I was 18. I hadn't a clue what I wanted to do. I got a gig as an extra on an advert. And this really? was pre-digital. This is a long time ago. Thanks. And I thought, <laughs> great, great. Let me go there. I've been told, you know, you just stand in the background, you get fed and you get paid. I thought, well, that sounds great. So I went for the first day on a Monday, turned up. And at lunch, they said, oh, we're not doing anything today. Go home. And I was like, oh, this is great. Came on Tuesday. And suddenly I saw all these big trucks appear and all this equipment come out. And I was like, what is that? That's what I want to do. And that started my whole journey of working in film, working in the media and storytelling. I mean, literally, I decided that's what I want to do. Don't know how I'm going to do it. And this was pre-digital. So even to get my first gig, I literally spent nine months, like three days a week, pounding the pavement, knocking on doors just to get my first gig. Wow. Wow. So you you keep saying pre-digital. So it seems like you're going back to like beta or beta cams. I mean, like how far back are you talking as far as before digital? Do I look that old? No, 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 not necessarily, <laughs> but... I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> yes, it was. It was pre... It was um, um, Beatcam, beta, Beatcam SPs, it was mm. SVHS. You know, you said actually put stuff on pneumatic after you filmed it. Or mm. it was DigiBeta, that was the high-end um, tapes. Or it was film. So I'm, I was taught and I learned using film. I'm probably the last generation to actually edit on a Steam Deck as well. Um, wow. So yes, it was kind of pre-digital. I remember when digital first came in um, for us small independents when they created the DV camera and we were like, oh my gosh, we can get a camera what, like for three grand? 
and it can do that. And when it came in, it was really interesting because the industry didn't like it. So they did everything to stop indies getting their stuff put on broadcasts because they'd invested like thousands, tens and hundreds of thousands in gear. The last thing they want is someone who's managed to muster up three to 10K worth of gear to be able to do the same kind of thing. Wow. Wow. So, I mean, you definitely take it back to, I mean, to the point to where you actually have to make the clap to sync the sound and everything else. And I think in today's world is digital, right? So people don't tend to do that, right? They just well, kind of... <laughs> they do. Um, so my other side of me is I actually am a tutor at international film school. So I teach the next generation of budding filmmakers how to sell stories. And wow. I kind of teach them in the context of where you put the film together, which is in the edit. So that's nice. another side of me. We still oh. use a clapperboard because that's our guide. And even if you are recording sound, because you record external sound often, mm -hmm. you want to record on camera at the same time, do the clap, and then it's much easier to sync. But more importantly, computers don't always do what they say they're meant to do. So you can always do it manually still. So you saw I pulled that story out of you because I knew you were going to go down that road. <laughs> I knew you was a video guy. So, um, so let's, let's, let's talk about like like experiences. I mean, in film, we always hear about the negatives, the positives, the like the assholes. Like being that you've been in film for thirty years, like what is the worst or the craziest experience you've encountered? Or worst or craziest experience? Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you know what I'm? I've got a pretty thick skin. So I kind of didn't have bad experiences that other had, mainly because I got a thick skin or just ignore it. But I don't suffer fools gladly. So I'm not very good when people say certain things that I think is out of order. So I haven't had any problems in that capacity. Um, but weird stuff I've had is like, okay, so I remember when I was really starting out, there was a guy called Chris Evans here who made it mega big. And I kind of worked on one of his first TV shows. And we were kind of doing a live show every morning, five days a week, because he came from radio. He suddenly became mega massive, by the way. Um, and I was young. I used to be out partying, going to bed at four in the morning and getting up at half six, seven and working and doing a great job at the same time. You know, so it's kind of, um, so I'd say it's not wacky or weird, but bad experiences, there's so many in this industry. It's not getting gigs when you should get the gigs um, for various reasons and that sometimes you don't actually believe that's the reason. Uh, I feel other than acting, I think acting's the hardest because acting is like, it's just so subjective. You know, you could have the right look, but the wrong voice. But I think it's kind of you don't do this work in this industry if you're doing it for the money. Don't get me wrong. You want to get paid, but there's much easier things to do if you just want to get those bills paid. Hmm. Nice, nice. So, obviously, you're based out of London, and uh, you know I'm in the US. And so in the US, we have C Corps, S Corps, LLCs. Like, how was your business structured overseas? Mine's a limited company. So that would right. be, uh, I'm not sure what that would be. Basically, Limited company, is that a C-Corp, S-Corp? I'm not sure. Um, well, in the US would be LLC, a limited liability. That's it. So it's LLC. Mine's an LLC. Yeah. Nice. So. Nice. Okay. Do you have any like business partnerships? Do you partner with any other corporations as well? No, not at all. I let, let me tell you a story. All right. okay. I, listen, it. I said, let me tell you a story. And I hate when people say that, let me tell you a story. So that's tip number one. When you're about to tell a story, don't say, let me tell you a story. I hear too many people saying that. Everyone's going, okay, impress me, impress me. 
So, um... <laughs> from the storyteller himself. <laughs> exactly. And I've forgotten your question. You have to repeat your question now. I've been talking so much. I forgot what, what you asked me. I've forgotten what I was going to say. <laughs> Um, let me, well, maybe I, maybe I may paraphrase that question a little bit. Let me, let me just think about that for a second. Um, I was asking you about partnerships and then okay. after, so, and then you said you'd go tell me a story. So I'm deeming it's going to probably be something about partnerships, maybe. Okay. So, um, I've worked with many people over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, some have been great. Some mm-hmm. have appeared great and not so great. So, I had an experience probably 11 years ago where I was brought into a company because they wanted to do certain things. I had certain skills. Hey, come in as a director. And I, if I do something, I give my all. It's just, you know, there's only one way. Yeah. Um, so there I was doing stuff. We're doing a lot of stuff. And cut a long story short, the person who said they was going to do stuff and get sales didn't do their job. I did loads of work. And they didn't, I, they didn't pay me. Oh. And it wasn't that. It was that when I was working there, I was like, you know what? I like being 100% me. Oh. That's what I like to be. And this is what I tell everyone. Part of telling your story is so you can be you, quirks and all. Because you only want people who resonate with you. If they don't, you don't care about them. You only want people who resonate with you think that you're the right person to guide them in whatever capacity that is. And after that situation, I thought, I'm never putting myself in that situation again. So that was step one. And then I had the whole situation of managing people, too many people, when I was doing previous things. And then I realized that I spent most of my time managing people and not actually getting stuff done. So when I set up Audience Magnet, it was a a decision to make it lean. And bring people in only as and when they're needed. Um, There are some challenges with that because sometimes you have to do a little bit more than if you had a team. However, it's kind of really freeing that when people come on board, you know why they're coming and what you'd like them to do. And they're coming and they deliver because, you know, they're professionals on their own right. Definitely interesting interesting and delightful at at the same time. So, like... What I mean, obviously, you kind of touched on a little bit. You hinted at systems to a certain certain point. So, I mean, what systems do you currently have with your courses and in, in, in your business and your online solutions? Oh, systems, systems. I'm I love tools and tech. Hmm. Um, probably a little bit too much. I'm I'm trying to control myself at the moment. Um, but I think the key systems is is it's a platform, not a course. Um, I think many people create courses and people don't finish courses. So two things were really important to me. Firstly, was to create something which was about implementation. And then it's about building a routine so you do it consistently and regularly. Hmm. Um, Secondly, um, I think one of the challenges people find sometimes is tech and making the personal side work. So yes, I have a course platform that host stuff, but I've integrated other tools to make the platform work how I'd like. Um, Just even today, for example, I've been kind of, there was some emails that went out when people did certain things. And I was like, it doesn't feel congruent that they may not have finished it. And then they're getting this email. It feels like a bit pushy. And this is what most people do. 
So I've just been really setting up automations that they're only sent this email when they say they've completed it and actively say that themselves. So again, I think my focus when I'm looking at the tech is how can I make it feel personal? Yet how can I automate a lot of that and then interject on a personal level? So when you're going through any of my programs, it's like, I hear you. I see you. You're not a number. You're a real person. I care for you. I care for your success. And I'm here to support you along the way. And I know as a responsible adult that you take responsibility for your actions. And with that, I'm there as a landing place for you anytime you need. Hmm. Definitely. I mean, I like you. I like the, the like your viewpoints and your philosophies and, and, and how you're combining two different things, right? I mean, most people would think in systems is very analytical, but you're pulling the emotion and you're bridging the gap between you're using the systems, but you're mm-hmm. feeding the systems off of the the emotional response that you're looking for from your target audience. And that that's definitely a solid system. So next question for you, like anyone listening to this podcast may perceive you to be an overnight success. Maybe they've heard about you, maybe they haven't, right? But in reality, how long have you been on this journey? How long did it take you to get to where you are currently? Oh, I would say all my life, all my working life to get to where I am currently. Um, Mm. There's been many iterations. Uh, I'll tell you something I did previously, which is just a precursor to where I am now. Mm -hmm. So pre-iPhone, I created a platform for independent short filmmakers to be able to sell Mm. their short films. And the premise was, wouldn't it be great if people like myself could build an audience and earn a bit of money? That's what it is about. So fast forward, everything's still about the audience. It's about distribution. It's about connecting to your ideal audience. Um, Just doing that, you know, I I used to talk at film festivals, be invited to Cannes, be on panels about distribution and monetizing Mm. all of the stuff that you did. And I launched the platform, which took way too long. There was so much I didn't know. I had developers in another country in a different time zone. So I used to stay up at night to learn stuff so that when I spoke to them, they're like, oh, we can't take the piss. He knows what he's talking about. Hmm. However, it wasn't quite done right. And this is by, I'm I'm cutting the story short because I had people who tried to shaft me, trying to bamboozle me with talking rubbish. Hmm. Because they wanted to get you caught into a system. And when, when we launched, uh, we actually launched just when the world recession happened. When was that? 2008. Yep. And I'm not saying it's because of the recession why it didn't work. It was problems I had. I was a bit too idealistic, a bit too creative. The business model wasn't right. I had tech that wasn't fully working because I had a limited budget. This was all self-funded. So that really taught me a lot about the web and using tools online. And I've had many iterations up to this point. And really, the genesis of Audience Magnet really was, I was actually working on another program, a coaching program. And like anything, you see people out there doing this. Oh, and in order to do this, you've got to do that. You've got to do that. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm really good at some things. Some things I'm okay at but some things I'm not good at at all. Yeah, I was trying to integrate them in. And then one day, I just went, what am I doing? What am I doing? I'm doing something that isn't me. So I looked at all, and by the way, I'd spent quite a few months working on that to that point. Mm -hmm. I looked at all the things I'd done. 
And there, front and center, was storytelling and communicating and storytelling. And I went, I need to get focused down on what I know well, what I love. And but more importantly, I know there's work to structure it so it's accessible for others. And that really started the genesis. So from then to now, I would say it's been three years. And if I'm really honest with you, SA, I should have been out a year ago. That's my own failing. So I, I, I'm mm. a bit, you know, I should have put it out earlier, but I just tightened it up. And so that's my own failing. I've had beta, people going through the betas. I had them going through it for a year. Great reviews. So that's something that I look back on and say, if I'd have done something different, I would have put it out a year mm. ago. So you're talking about you if, if you would change something, you would do that, right? Mm-hmm. Is there anything else that you would want to stage differently to get you to where you are a lot faster? Now, you were just talking really isolated about a particular product, but was there anything on your lifelong journey to success that if you could try, travel back in time and change, what would it be? Um, do you know what? I, there are little things like that in terms of big Mm -hmm. things is like, no, I wouldn't be who I am today. I wouldn't have my perspective on the world today Mm -hmm. without the journeys that I've been through. Um, I, it's kind of, I generally don't look back in that way, but if I did look back, there's very little I would change. There was certain things I would do in terms of business. I'd approached it differently and stuff like that. There are things I would change. But on a personal level, no, there's nothing I would change on a personal level. Um, But on a business level, I think there was things I would change in the context that I didn't know what I didn't know then. Mm -hmm. I could change in the fact that this is in hindsight. But at the time, I didn't have that knowledge or that experience to even have that foresight, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Perfect sense. So it seems like, you know, obviously you're an entrepreneur on multiple different platforms for multiple different years, like this tenacity and hustle mentality, like I'm sure, did it, did it come from somebody in your family? Do you have someone generations down the road that was an entrepreneur that influenced you? Well, my dad's worked for himself. Uh-huh. You know, he, 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 he created his own business. He's a builder, master builder, master decorator. You know, he, he, I remember, you know, I'm very fortunate. I've, you know, got the best family that have done everything in their power to kind of give me the best possible life. So I'm blessed and I'm honored. And he did his own thing. Uh, and it was really interesting. There's a friend of mine who I went to school with. And he told me like when I was like mid thirties, he goes, I met him. He goes, I remember, yeah, when you were 16, you said you will not work for anyone. I was like, really? says, yep, you're going to do your own business. So this is someone who told me when I was 16, I decided that. And to be honest, I, that's all I've done. I've never worked for anyone. I've, you know, I've been a freelancer my whole life or doing my own thing. So, um, and I, I suppose language is quite important. Mm-hmm. I like working with people. Oh, nice. So... Being that your dad was a, a part of your influence, like currently right now, how do you juggle your work life with your family life? Um, you know what? It's always a challenge. Um, mm-hmm. However, I think for me, I'm very fortunate that my my other half 
she's a creative and an artist as well. Mm. So our perspective on the world is quite different to maybe nine to fivers. Mm -hmm. So for us, time's time. It's Mm -hmm. not about on the clock. Yes, don't get me wrong. I do have other gigs. I do go out and I um, go and teach and train at schools. But again, they bring in professionals for fixed times at specific stage of production. Mm -hmm. So um, so I, I think the challenge or the balance is, is that it doesn't all become work. I think that's a big challenge. Make sure it doesn't all become work. I also feel that, realize that, I always feel that people who come from a creative point of view is what they do is part of their being, part of who they are. And we just view the world differently to some people who go to their job. Some people can go to a job they're not like because it gives them the holiday in the house generally creators find that hard because it yes. feels like it erodes your soul. Hmm. Erodes your soul. That's definitely a key takeaway. So what are your morning routines, your morning habits look like? Well, let's say I get up at 4.30 in the morning. I sun salute. I look at the stars. And then I make my... No, I'm taking, I'm taking the Michael. <laughs> By morning routines... <laughs> Um, on a good day, all right, let me put it in this context. Mm. When I don't have to go out and do things, um, I like at least two hours in the morning before I do anything. That's an opportunity for me to think, to ponder, maybe do some, I want to say exercises, but let's call them stretches. Do some stretches. Um, I will, um, my first meal of the day or breaking my fast is really important to me. I would spend an hour and a half doing that. That's when I listen to podcasts. Um, And then I'm ready for the day. That could take two to three hours. Um, When I do have external work to do, I speed that up a bit. It takes an hour and a half, but I, you know, if I, I'll get up at half six and do it. I'm not an early morning person, but that morning time is so important to me. Even if I've got to be somewhere, at 8.30 or 9, I need that at least an hour and a half just to get myself grounded, as it were. So I say that's my morning routine. And what does it involve? It involves some um, health supplements. It involves maybe granola or some fresh fruit. I have a coffee machine, so I make coffee and only have one coffee a day. I use oat milk. I don't do dairy. And I have a frother. And even the coffees, I, I like the kind of, the process is the process of making it as the enjoyment. I dab my chocolate on the top. So all of these kind of things. So that's my morning routine. And that sets me up for the day. It really does set me up for the day. I also find that before I go to sleep, I think about what I need to do the next day. And if I wake up and it's still in my mind, that's something I should do. If it disappears, it's not that important. And if I don't know what to do, if I think about it before I go to sleep, when I wake up, I have the solution. Wow. So this is a part of the podcast that, you know, I've kind of just grown to enjoy because it gives me an opportunity to kind of get some insight to to more education, right? So Mm -hmm. I'm going to ask you a three-part question. Okay. What book 
or books helped you on your journey to get to where you are? What books are you currently reading right now or audiobooks for that matter? And have you had an opportunity to write and publish any books yourself? Ooh, big questions. Okay. I, I can't pinpoint any specific books. I've, mm. I've read so many books. I've, thing is, all my books, I go through them. I read on the Kindle. Mm. I highlight them. I extract the notes. So I've got a library of all my books. There's about 100 of them um, that I've read at different stages. And then from those notes, I've just you know, brought a book down that might take three to six hours to read to 45 minutes of the key things. In terms of book, I, I go through stages of reading and not reading. Sometimes I'm like not reading enough. I've yeah. just finished a free book called Free. I can't remember the author. It was like they, they were obviously doing something like a couple of weeks ago and they said, I've yeah. got a book. And it was actually quite good. It was about you know marketing and how you create freedom in your life. In terms of um, other books I've read is a book called Blindsight. It's absolutely yeah. fantastic. It's about how marketing works, neuroscience and marketing. Really, really good book. So that's something I've read recently. Um, I, I really like the great Ogmandino, The Greatest Salesman in the World. I think that's a great book. Um, I really do. I've, I've read that quite a few times when I go through different stages. Uh, wow. And these are the ones I can think of. You know, if, if I had time, I'd open up my Evernote and I'll just read the list. Oh, there was Fastlane. I actually like Fastlane. Hmm. That was an interesting book as well. You know, just, you know, just his approach and certain things to think about. So, uh, and then in non-work-related books, mm -hmm. I would say my favorite is Shantaram. Have you ever read Shantaram? Have that. Oh, yeah, that oh, it's a fat book. So if you're gonna get it, read it on a Kindle because it's mm. really fat. But it's just like it's the kind of book that when someone else knows you read Shantram, even if you don't know them, you'll sit down and talk twenty minutes, half an hour. Wow. It's that kind of book. Um, so I really would like to get into reading more fiction, mm. and I'm not doing it enough. I, I read too many business books now. In terms of publishing, yes, I have published. Uh, a book a while ago called um, Online Video Success Toolkit. And it was called Use Video to Capture and Create Your Audience. Do you see the link and everything I'm doing? There's synergy in everything. If yeah. you look at it, it's like really consistent. And I didn't realize that until about six months ago. And I looked back, I went, you know what? It's been very consistent, you know, what I'm interested in, what I've done in the journey. And really, that was kind of, when did I do that? I can't remember, 2012, 2011, 2012? Wow, yeah, 10 years. Um, and yeah, so, and that was kind of before all of the big stuff. Yeah. And I, I, I tell you something that's quite sad about that in terms of other, your listeners might feel this sometimes themselves. I, I put all my energy in this book, really good book. I had a business coach at the time she said she'd never seen something that's been packaged and done so well for the Kindle. It was amazing. It was all of this. And at the time, some guru was doing some video thing. And I went, who am I? Wow. Who am I to put this out? And I made sales, but I didn't push it. Wow. And I think uh, this is just according to everyone listening is do it anyway. Do it anyway. Because... Sometimes 
even if other people are telling us, go for it, we talk ourselves out of it. So going back to your question earlier, in hindsight, what would I have done differently? As I say, the business oh. thing, I would have put that out. I would have put that out. What was I doing? I was listening to some guru who at the end of the day, the guru is probably doing this video thing for like six weeks and then he'll go on to something else. Yeah. So it's really important that we put ourselves and what we do out there because it comes down to what Audience Magnet is about. We're only interested in our idea. All right. So the next question is like, where do you see yourself in 20 years? <laughs> 20 years? Yeah, 20 years. That's far. Okay, 20 years, I see myself being contented, continue having freedom of mind, hmm. have my faculties, having and giving love in my life and doing what I want when I want and continue to inspire and enable other people so they can inspire themselves and, and pass that forward to others. Uh, and yeah, and living in joy, being wonderful, continuing to be wonderful, feeling wonderful. So kind of journeying back and maybe go back about 30 minutes or so, you talk about you're a really big tech guy. So what, software or digital tools or product that you use that you would not be able to do what you do without having access to them? The reality is there's many companies that do these tools. These are kind of platforms mm -hmm. that do it. I wouldn't say anything specific apart mm -hmm. from, it sounds crazy, pen and paper is just so powerful. I'm surrounded by pads because I find that I think differently when I write compared to when I type. And wow. I just feel there's something about that digital thing. And I normally write stuff and then I put it on the computer and that's edit too. So wow. that's the advantage. Um, so even when it's just like quick brainstorm, you put it down, just bullet points, then it's on the computer, then I understand what I'm looking to do. So even when I'm using my platform, I take a few bullet notes, then put them in, then I know what I'm aiming to do. So I, I'd say that what other technology things that I think's really good? Oh, Ecamm Live. I do love Ecamm Live. Hmm. That's a great tool. Um, so I think that's a one of their wonderful team, brothers, um, but it's a powerful tool if you have a Mac for doing um, live streaming. Um, that's really great. What else do I have? He says it's called Ecamm. Ecamm, yeah. Ecamm Live for Mac users who mm. do live streaming. Um, to be actually honest, we're going through Ecamm directly to you right now because I'm just mm. able to connect it and manage it and do everything really easily. Um, nice. So I really do like that. Um, can I, I'm just going to quickly have a quick look and I'll just tell you a few things yeah, that are on my yeah, side. Yeah, 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 definitely. I mean, that that's, that's, that's what this is all about. It's about, you know, taking things that you're using and, and that get you to where you are and that's making you successful to, to help someone else on their journey. So, so I, I now um, Salesforce bought them, but I got access to a tool called Quip about three, four years ago. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's great. Use it for notes, for my ideas, put them there. Mm -hmm. I've just started using Notion. Um, everyone's talked about it. So mm -hmm. I've just started using it. I'm specifically going to use that for ideas that would be good for teaching and training. I, I kind of don't like tools that do it all. It doesn't mm. suit my brain. I like compartmentalizing things. Like it works better for me. 
I don't like, hey, this does everything. It doesn't, it doesn't work. Airtable. Airtable's fantastic. I use Airtable a lot. Organized stuff. It's just amazing. Um, what else? Scrivener. Scrivener's good when I'm doing notes. Um, the platform that I've created, I use that every day. Um, in terms of editing, I've got Final Cut, I've got DaVinci or Premiere. I do a lot of stuff with Final Cut, although I teach people how to use Premiere a lot. Mm. Um, Hindenburg for audio. So I like Hindenburg. That's really good for recording audio, um, just putting things straight in. Um, I've got a great music tool that I recently bought called Unify. It's absolutely amazing. Mm. And that, um, basically, they created this tool, which, uh, how can I describe it? You can play multiple instruments at the same time. So, for example, if it's an orchestra, you can play like a full orchestra is playing and wow. they position them on the keyboards. It's absolutely brilliant. And, and then my browsers. I'm, I've got five browsers. I use browsers for different things, wow. literally. So I have to, you know, if I, if I go on social, it has to be Firefox because it creates a nice siloed window for them. Don't wow. want them following me around. Don't want any of that kind of stuff. Sidekick. Have you heard of Sidekick? Wow. Oh my gosh. It's the, if you do any work through a browser, most tools are browser based now. Sidekick's great. I, for me, I do all my work. That's my work browser because it allows you to create, um, um, what's the word? An icon for each app. So you just click oh. on it and it opens it up and it remembers stuff. So I just do all my work. That's work mode. So it allows me to go in a certain oh. kind of mode when I'm in that one. Really do love that. Nice. And then, I love text edit. It's so simple, but it's absolutely fantastic text edit. Simple, just typing and doing stuff. So that's, that's a couple of tools that I'm kind of using. I've got a few tools that I'm yet, I, I still have, and I'm looking to explore more. Mm. Um, one that enables you to send videos to people to, um, via SMS is oh. called QuickPage. So you can speak to them, send them a message via SMS. They can see the video in their SMS and they can reply back to you via live chat. You can have their app on your phone, see their message and respond to them. So wow. I'm looking to use that when, if anyone's interested in, in joining my um, coaching program to build that relationship. It's all about relationship. It's all about connecting with the person. You know, we're all individuals and it's really important for me for people to know that I see them. No one's a number. You know, wow. you're someone who has a dream and if you decide to come into my world, you feel I may be the guide for you. Hmm. I think that's a hell of a segue into my, my next question is words of wisdom, words of insight for someone that's deciding to step into your industry. Maybe they're, they're looking out for you to help them, to coach them. What words of wisdom would you give to them to help them on their journey? I think my words of wisdom are really simple is, yeah, you do need a guide, the right kind of guide. You need to be someone who's willing to implement and do the work. And that means taking responsibility for your actions. Yeah. You need to realize that you can do it. You can do it. Um, and more importantly, it's about getting skills, real skills. Um, I think there's too many things out there that give you a little bit, but not real skills. I'm really focused on giving people who enter my world real skills that they can implement. And by doing that, that enables you to build the business and life that you 
design. I think that's the key. I'd also say that there's a lot of competition out there. And if you look out, you'll think, well, why would I bother? Who'd want it from me? My question is, yes, we want your quirkiness. We want your weirdness because people who identify with that want you. The world's so big. When you think about your business, you really don't need that many people to make your world go round and really empower others to do the same. So they're my words of wisdom. I hope um, people yeah. who are listening find that useful. Yeah, yeah, I definitely, I definitely commend you for that. I think it's one of those things that I'm, I'm recapping in my head and just listening to what you said. I definitely think it's, it's not only inspirational, but it's very thoughtful as well. And I definitely appreciate that for, for my listeners. So going into, I mean, earlier on, you was talking about you, you have an offer, you know, I mean, how can they find you online? What's your social media profiles? Okay, so I've created a special gift for your audience essay. Mm-hmm. And to get that, they go to theaudiencemagnet.com forward slash boss uncaged. That's theaudiencemagnet.com forward slash boss uncaged. And when they go there, they can download the four types of storytelling with mm. 60 different ways that you can use storytelling in different mediums. And if you decide to get that, you'll get the opportunity to do the five-day sell with story mini course for free. Um, And that will just be coming into your inboxes. And from that, if you want to, you can continue and enter my world. If you choose not to, just the five-day mini course itself will give you enough to go to the next steps. Right, right. Um, People can also go to audiencemagnet.com. Um, there's an opportunity. I've got a mini masterclass. Um, and if someone wants to work with me more closely and maybe join my program, they can go there, watch the mini masterclass, and then there's an opportunity to potentially book a call with me. And you can connect with me on social. So LinkedIn is probably the best place. I'm Dennis Morrison. Just search me out. Um, Instagram, I, I use it on and off, but I'm Dennis Morrison underscore there. Facebook, I'm Dennis Morrison there as well. Sometimes. Twitter, the same sometimes. But you know what? If you join and if you um, decide to get the um, free gift, if you want to speak to me, just email back. It comes to me. Nice. Nice. Well, definitely hope some of my listeners take heed to that and, 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 you know, go check it out. I mean, anytime someone is willing to put a package together and they're going to give it to you way for free to kind of give you some insight. And then, you know, obviously that, that gives you a two-way doorway of communication. So. Going into bonus questions, right? Great, I'm ready. All right, right. If you could spend 24 hours with anyone, uninterrupted for those 24 hours, dead or alive, who would it be and why? It would be my doppelganger, the person who's got to where I'm going to. And I'd like to ask them, what do I need to do next in order to get to where you are? How do I need to be? What do I need to think? How do I need to feel? That's who I'd like to spend 24 hours with and listen to their guidance. Listen and then follow. Wow. So I got another bonus question for you. If, if you could be a superhero, who would it be and why? Superhero? I'm not great with all the Marvel stuffs, um, mm-hmm. but if I had superpowers... Mm-hmm. 
I'd like to be able to touch someone hmm. and suddenly they had freedom of mind. Hmm. Yep, they felt free and everything was possible. That's the superpower I'd like, to be able to give people inner freedom hmm. so they are able to decide their next steps. I think so, that's, the, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's my superpower. <laughs> Actually, so, be better touching. I have to be there. I just have to see their picture or look at them. That'd be better. That'd be better, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you, you could do it remotely then. Exactly. Yeah. Let's yeah. do a Zoom call, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> so going into closing, I mean, obviously we had a hell of a conversation, and, and we had twists and turns and multiple different topics. And usually on this journey, whoever I'm interviewing may have questions for me. So I'm giving you the microphone, and the floor is yours. What questions do you have for me? Oh. Essay, what inspires you? There's multiple things that inspire me. For one, first and foremost, I always look at like my, my son is my inspiration because I want to instill in him things and trades and understanding of the world that it is now that may potentially be tenfold later on. So getting him prepared is the reason why I wake up every single morning to put things, not necessarily food on the table, but more so information and content in my voice prime example, my podcast. So I'm leaving behind a legacy for him and for mm. his kids. And everything that I'm talking about in this podcast is evergreen. So it'll be a legacy of information and content that will always be there and always be available once I'm dead and gone. Great. My next question is, if one thing could happen in the next 12 months um, that could take your business to wherever you want it to go, what would that be? In the next 12 months, it's, I think it's kind of like a caveat between two different things. I mean, I think I'm on the path to get to where I'm going to go regardless mm -hmm. of whatever happens. But I think part of that is making a larger noise, getting in front of more people. And mm -hmm. you know, I'm doing speaking engagements, I'm doing books, and I'm doing podcasts and all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. But essentially, not necessarily the 15 minutes of fame, but an opportunity to talk to everyone on a global scale, even for five minutes. And I think if that was to happen, then obviously the magnification of what I'm doing would be scaled up. Wow, that's great. I like that. Yeah. They're my well, questions for you. Cool, man. Well, Otherwise, I, I definitely we'll, end up having, we'll end up having another podcast show. Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> well, I definitely appreciate you taking your time about your busy schedule. I mean, what is it? You guys are like six hours ahead where you at right now? Yeah, so I don't know. It's probably what nine p.m. or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So over here is roughly about four o'clock. So I definitely take taking time out your schedule was definitely great. Uh, it was definitely a, a good episode with great insight, great information. I definitely appreciate you. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for inviting me on your show and having the opportunity to have a wonderful conversation with yourself. Great, S.A. Grant, over and out. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Boss Uncaged. I hope you got some helpful insight and clarity to the diverse approach on your journey to becoming an Uncaged Trailblazer. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and share the podcast. If this podcast has helped you or you have any additional questions, reach out and let me know. Email me at ask at sagrant.com or drop me your thoughts via a call or text at 762 233 boss that's 762-233-2677 i would love to hear from you remember to become a boss in cage you have to release your inner beast sa grant 
signing off. Listeners of Boss Uncaged are invited to download a free copy of our host, S.A. Grant's insightful ebook, Become an Uncaged Trailblazer. Learn how to release your primal success in 15 minutes a day. Download now at www.bossuncaged.com forward slash free book.